I knew we should have made a cue. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Misguided Astrology Podcast. I am your host, Jackie. And I am your other host, Katie, here to help misguide you. Up first, today we are analyzing David's birth chart. He wrote into us asking, when it comes to big life changes, should I take my time and weigh my options or just trust my instincts? Ooh, I like this question because I ask myself literally all the time. Yeah. (laughs) David's top three for anyone um, who's wondering. Sun in Taurus, Scorpio rising, Sagittarius moon. Interesting. One... one earth, one fire, one water. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be interesting. One fixed, two fixed? One fixed, blue fixed? One fixed, blue fixed, red fixed, no fix. You're broken. <laughs> we don't know what to tell you. Um, Sorry. End of Sorry, podcast. David. Sorry, David. No, I My bad. We, we have some good answers for David. On the cuff, those top three signs, I wouldn't know what to tell someone because it's earth, air, and fire. But I think going through it, the other placements in the chart, we're actually able to get a better look at what's going on here and what advice to give someone. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought the by the end of it, the placements were telling. And as I went through it and was parsing around the aspects and I was thinking, oh, no, this would be very, would be great for making a concerted decision. And oh, this would be great for just using his intuition. And it was really back and forth a lot. So I understand why he wants to ask the question to figure out which I'm sure looking at the chart more thoroughly uh, that he does go back and forth between wanting to just make the decision, but, or wanting to take his time and make a very careful decision. But I do Mm -hmm. think we have a good grasp of ultimately what will aid him the most. Okay. Let's start it off uh, with the sun. Let's kick it off. Sun in Taurus, David. Um, not our first Sun in Taurus that we've done. This is a recurring theme for our <laughs> like three, two. We've only because we've only done ourselves and Diego. But yet again, two for two. Sun in Taurus. The Sun in our chart represents our soul's intent. It's not so much representing qualities or characteristics that we are innately born with, so much as what we acquire and develop throughout the course of our lives as we are journeying through. So Taurus in this position is known for putting a lot of thought in the decisions that they make. They love the like a process that is thoughtful and methodical is something they hold very dear to themselves. So it's possible that you take great comfort in knowing that your efforts are practical and secure and are yielding secure outcomes. Did I just reiterate that twice? <laughs> you Whatever. Have to it's an earth sign. It's an earth sign. Hear it and hear it again. I'll say it over and over again. Slow and steady with an earth sign. <laughs> not, and that's not <laughs> that's not a knock on um, your mental process so much as your work ethic, because earth signs have a reputation for just really hitting something again and again and again to ensure that they get the results they want. They're definitely not rushing a single process that they're working on. But I mean, this characteristic is definitely a standout amongst Taurus more than the two other earth signs of the wheel because Taurus is a fixed sign in modality, meaning that it really wants that consistent work, that when it's handed work, it loves to consistently plug away at it, work hard at it, and form a long-term strategy. 
for how to accomplish the goal. And that's really where Sun and Taurus thrives. Yeah, I think looking at this chart off the top, you see, you know, the Earth Taurus and then the generational planets of Saturn, Uranus and Neptune of Capricorn. And it looks like it has so much Earth sign energy and it totally makes sense why he's questioning which way of thinking to go with. Um, I don't know if I could be a Sun in Taurus. It would just be so much thinking that goes into things. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. So so much thinking. Um, a lot of intellectual prowess. Oh, prowess. Prowess. Like a little less thinking, though, and a little more feeling. The stuff I live for. David's rising sign is in Scorpio. One of my favorite signs. I love Scorpios. Can't help it. Scorpio risings have this mysterious charisma about them. They are magnetic individuals, but they keep their emotions close to the chest And more often than not, you won't know what is going on in there, unless they would like you to know. Scorpio, it's another lovely water sign, and we know what water signs mean, and that is an unending yearning for emotional intimacy. These individuals are trying to express themselves, and often in non-conventional ways. They are confident, generous, ambitious, and alluring. Others are drawn to them and want to be in their circle. Ooh, I knew. I love the raw appeal of a Scorpio. I know. It's just like go-getter, hot shit energy, 24-7. And I don't know. Looking at the other things in their chart, it kind of just all complements that Scorpio rising, I think. Yeah, no. I mean, because Scorpio rising, Scorpios are known for, it's like the the money-making sign of the chart. Other than Capricorn, like Capricorn is CEO energy, but Scorpio is just like boss shit energy. David had a lot of great placements behind that Scorpio rising that are really channeling into it and giving it so much to work with. Mm-hmm. Moon think- and Sagittarius being another one. Sorry, Jackie, what was that? No, I was going to say that. Sagittarius moon is like hot shit. <laughs> Sag moon is hot shit. The moon is representing who we are without who we must be in the face of business or social pursuits or public pursuits generally. It is our standalone inner selves or who we are in the safety of our home, in the safety of company who we consider close friends or family, your very best friends and your kindred spirits. It's who you are with those people. So it is also known to represent who we genuinely and emotionally are and it may offer insight into the areas of life that inspire us and stir us how we viscerally react to those things that incite us. So your moon is immutable fire sign Sagittarius. You may be moved by things that are philosophical, scholarly, adventurous. Sag is very often known as a freedom-loving visionary who wants to make sense of the world. So anything you can add to your comprehensive database of what makes the world go round is incredibly enticing to you. Um, The thing about Sag, while it's known for being impulsive, and that's the fire energy, and could contribute greatly to your intuition and utilizing your intuition, it is also a mutable sign and mutable modality the quality of that is seeking direction from other influence, but then taking that project and finishing it. Mutable energy is extremely flexible. It can be handed anything, but it will absolutely wrap up and end whatever that is and pass it off into its next evolutionary stage. 
So it's not initiator energy. It really wants to be receiving direction from your other placements. Your Sag Moon is probably loving direction from your sun and ascendant, which both of them know what their motivations are and what they want to be doing. There are actually so many compliments in a chart that really fuel that Sagittarius moon that you're talking about too. And I think it's so interesting because looking at Sagittarius from the view of a moon sign and how it's so philosophical and intellectual, we see that repeated in his chart over and over again but not in fire signs, actually in water signs. So I think that's kind of freaky cool. It is pretty freaky cool. It's There's a lot of cohesiveness between David's placements. There are things I didn't think would necessarily work together either. I always just think of like water and fire kind of being these opposing energies. But I think with certain placements in a natal chart, depending on the zodiac sign themselves, they actually get along pretty well. And I think of Sagittarius as one of those fire signs that does really well with other water signs too. Yeah, definitely. It's that mutable flexibility. They're really open to whatever the mood is around them. And Scorpio is a whole mood. (laughs) So, (laughs) Um, Is Pisces mutable? I'm pretty sure it is. Pisces is mutable. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of mutable energy in the chart, too. So David's Pisces is in Mars, which is mutable. So I think that, you know, that's like Sagittarius Moon's best friend right there. Just in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Two Jupiter driven signs. Yeah, they have a lot of similarities. They're having fun. They're in it together. This Mars placement in Pisces in a chart generally so. I need water. This Mars and Pisces placement in a chart generally shows an individual who is highly creative and artistic in their expression to the outer world. These people rarely do get angry and are generally kind of introverted people. They tend to be romantics, getting deeply involved in love affairs. Some water sign energy right here. I love that. I just love love. Water sign represent. You can't help it. Just give into it, David. There's Pure no love. need fighting it. Um, like the general kind of negative slander and assumptions towards Pisces, which I hate, but they're true. These individuals can be dreamy, but sometimes an escapist, which, in my opinion, is totally an understandable feeling in the world. But check yourself. It does feel good to escape into feelings of love. So I don't blame you, but just come back out of it sometimes, you know? Is that mean to <laughs> Pisces? I, I love Pisces. Like, they're Harsh cool. on Pisces. No, I don't mean it to be, like, I think they get a bad reputation for being, like, dreamy and aloof, but I don't think they are at all. I think the world's just a rough place, and they've got a good survival mechanism going down. That's all. I stand a fellow water sign. <laughs> Since Pisces is in his fifth house, it may take time for these people to reveal their true selves when getting to know others. Tying into this, um, a Mars placement in the fifth house as well, these individuals can't help but be a little competitive with others. So this is probably why they don't show their true selves to everyone right off the bat. They might be in a little bit of competition subconsciously. And love and sex are a major way in which they express themselves and this kind of inner drive leads to being a risk taker 
which we saw earlier in the Sagittarius moon, this kind of impulsive behavior. Overall, I love this placement. The fifth house is all about love. And I think Pisces are this dreamy, ethereal, lovey-dovey water sign. So I give the stamp of approval for this placement. Get it, David. Mars and Pisces is the way to go. So just love. Just keep loving. Just be a love bug. It's fine. That's such a, it's an interesting placement because Mars is the planet of like aggression. And so to have, like, it's so, it's such a a weird crosshair of energy to have floaty Pisces, lovey Pisces in aggressive Mars relationship. I like love it so much though, because it's like the saying, I'm a lover, I'm a fighter, but really you're just a fighter for love, you know? But really you're just a Mars and Pisces. Well, the, this placement caught my attention for those reasons, and that the Mars is conjunct the IC axis, Ooh. and there are a lot of implications there that I don't just want to toss out into the ether. But David, like, if you have, if you're curious about this, I'm also curious about if what having this Mars conjunct IC um, indicates. Like, I, I want to talk to you about it. So, re- you know, let me know. Let Thank us know. You. Yeah, reach out. I would love to follow up with you about this chart. Definitely. It was a really fun chart to look over. Uh, oh, wait. And actually, this is perfect because Mars is sitting on the IC axis and it's the IC MC. So we'll shoot right up the axis to the other side and go to your midheaven, also known as your MC. Your midheaven is your public image and your public reputation. So this is often associated with career, though it doesn't strictly have to be what makes you money in your life. It can be what you're passionate about or your calling or your purpose here. And so it's also not exactly something you may figure out right away, but has so much guidance and wisdom in the area of if you are looking for what your calling is or what you should be, like all those big questions surrounding career your 10th house and midheaven are where you want to go to seek that insight. Uh, Your MC is Virgo. It is another earth sign. And I had like went actually really deep pondering the implications of a midheaven Virgo. And it's really a sublime placement to have your career. You want to be successful and Virgo isn't going to settle for anything less. Virgo, very analytical a very directed approach. Traditionally, that's what Virgo is known for. And the thing about Virgo really is they a Virgo wants to carefully consider each piece of a puzzle before they put the whole thing together. And the like your metaphorical puzzle could be whatever your project is that you want to present to the world, whatever effort you really want to share with the public, the people around you is your so-called puzzle. Virgo really wants to put together a beautiful puzzle. So it's taking all these pieces really carefully, methodically going through them. So in like in response to your question, Virgo really wants you to take your time, use your powers of intellect, concentration, logic. Virgo is also known for being detail oriented and being extremely good at it. I wonder if this rings true to you by using all of these methods deriving a masterpiece and very likely many masterpieces because Virgo never will stop working 
and producing. It's a very creative energy with Virgo, writing and philosophy and arts surrounding literary, like literature is definitely what I get from your chart. There's so much creative energy here and you find it in so many different types of signs too, which I think is the coolest part. Instead of just seeing it, you know, fixed on the water sign or like fire sign, performer creative, it's in every aspect of the chart. Yeah, it was definitely the overarching theme I was noticing. No matter where I turned, it was up, it was down, and all I was seeing was creativity, David. (laughs) (laughs) David. (laughs) David, you creative. I think it's tough, too, because we keep seeing this rotating wheel of logical decision-making and then intuitive decision-making, and I feel like we haven't fully gotten to the bottom of it yet. And to make things even more confusing... We have Jupiter and Cancer. Water sign. I know, but fear not. Um, This is actually a really favorable placement, in my opinion. Um, Jupiter is my favorite planet, but also one of my favorite zodiac signs. Cancer. Can't help it. Don't judge me, Katie. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I would never. Jupiter is exalted in Cancer. So off the bat, this is a favorable placement. These individuals are extremely sensitive, nurturing, and in touch with their ability to process their emotions. Again, these individuals are generally artistic due to their water sign placement, These people are generally pretty generous, helping others around them in a variety of ways. But this generosity must take place when they have enough to sustain themselves first. Overextending in the cells is a sure downfall for this placement. But I love and appreciate the sentiment here. Jupiter in the ninth house also seems to be a fairly lucky placement. So I would not be surprised if things have seemingly gone your way for a lot of your life. This luck brings out your adventurous side. The Jupiter ninth house placement also suggests yet again an intellectual person with their creative outlet being writing and being fairly successful at it. I would not suggest journalism per se, but I would suggest some sort of academic research writing, novels, or of course poetry for their creative side. But the pen is your sword, my friend. Oh my god. And that comes back to moon and Sagittarius because mm-hmm. qualities of Sagittarius are very similar to ninth house qualities. And Sag is ruled by Jupiter. So this is just like a lot of, like a lot of his chart is feeding itself, like has reciprocal placement in house to sign. I didn't even really notice that before with this um, cancer placement. Interesting. Not the ninth house ruler. That's a very lucky placement. Yeah, and I, yeah, definitely, and another big boost for writing and literature. Yeah, I think it's so interesting how many times writing and ideas kind of popped up in this chart, and so I'm really excited to hear what you think about the Mercury. And as we've covered before, Mercury is a big planet for communication. Yeah, no, like if we want to know, if we want more insight about writing and communication, Mercury is the planet that represents both of those things. So Mercury, Mercury and Taurus too, it's a fixed, fixed earth, as we discussed earlier, finds great success in deliberate actions over the course of a prolonged period. So um, Taurus and all, this was something I didn't really talk about before is Taurus really loves to consider everything through all of its senses 
it really it's, so it's a very well-rounded approach it's thinking about every action Taurus and thinking about every consequence and they do thrive when they're able to have that full circle thought process before they reach their decision so this is another placement that says take your time when deciding don't jump ahead that nothing mm. would stress out a Taurus placement more than a rash decision with Mercury in Taurus and with your sun in Taurus as well, it's probably likely that you're often really carefully considering a decision, knowing that it will yield a desirable income. But the the bonus is, like, even if you were to make a rash decision, if somehow you were thrown into something you weren't able to carefully consider, Taurus and your Virgo will make sure that it yields you a favorable outcome regardless of if it was your choice or not. So anything that is thrown at you in life will be executed in a way that you'll always come out on top. You're never going to be caught off. Like even if you're caught off guard, you will handle it with grace. And then you will put your head down and put the work in and turn it into what you want it to be. So you're almost never wrong in that sense. That's a really positive take on um, that sign. And I think that's totally comforting to hear when you're having kind of slowdowns when it comes to making decisions and not knowing what side of yourself to listen to. It's kind of a cop-out to say that both <laughs> both are right, but really both are right. Yeah. It's really about what the big decision is, I suppose. But I mean, there is one very large thing about his chart that may I be the the final piece. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make this judgment call um, that based on the super cool element in your chart, David, a grand water train. Um, I have one as well. You know, they're super great, rare, great find. I would say trust your intuition. This water signs rule spiritual psychic energy. And this is a really important element in a chart when it comes to the ability of trusting one's instincts. Water signs are known for their seemingly psychic intuition on things. This element alone in a natal chart leads me to advise David to follow his intuition when it comes to making any decision. The first gut feeling you have about a situation is probably the correct one. Overthinking all of the possible outcomes can really fuzz this feeling up. I totally understand why you may have the inclination to do that based on all of the other placements in your chart. But this is a hard skill to tune into because we're taught repeatedly to make very critical and logical decisions. So sometimes it's hard to explain the why in a feeling we have, but it's important to trust that, especially with a grand water train in a chart. So Ooh. kind of a big judgment call on that one. I'm going to stand behind it. But um yeah, I would say trust your intuition when it comes to making decisions. You've got this. Ooh, that's interesting. I think my take on that would be he's probably, with all of these earth placements, been relying on careful, like methodical and strategic decisions yeah. throughout his life. And I wonder if he's been underserving his mm, grand water that trine. Like, has he been able to really dedicate enough faith and practice in utilizing his intuition to go ahead and trust it 
And I think if he hasn't, he absolutely should because there are very prominent placements in his chart that say his intuition should be trusted yeah, and used. I think that's a really often. great point of view to take on this too. So much shows that he probably hasn't really had the space or the time to investigate that intuition side of him. Um, but I think he's fully capable of doing that because he's able to break down his emotions and be in touch with them. So you can totally trust your intuition and not be so earth sign logical, even though I respect the earth sign logic. I mean, yeah, I mean, with a grand water trine, you can definitely acquire unspoken knowledge from people around you and from earth would be the implication Mm. I would want to share with David. So David, let us know what you think. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed this deep dive into your natal chart. Yeah, please follow up. I would really like to share a few other things that I noticed and see what your take is on them. Just for my personal, both for my personal astrology nerdism to see how often they do check out with people. And because I want to know if any of this made any sense to you. Another part of your email was that you don't often find that you have a lot of commonality with your sun sign and so I'm wondering if your ascendant was speaking to you or if your moon sign was speaking to you more so it's definitely a combination of all of them and I think a lot of people aren't um, finding themselves in a good relationship with their sun sign it doesn't really make a lot of sense to them and the reality is just that there's a lot of different things that make us who we are (laughs) that's life life yeah That's so important for astrology, though. I think so many people kind of get turned off by it because they read a column for a horoscope based on their birth date, not having the tools in their toolbox yet to know their rising or their moon sign or, you know, a natal chart isn't one sign. It's a lunchbox of all of them. So we hope you related to your newfound natal chart, David. Yeah, thanks, David. Thank you so much for reaching out, too. Um, And anyone else who would like us to do a little dissection of their chart for on the podcast here, please email us at misguided, M-I-S-S, guidedastrology at gmail.com with your birth date, time, location, and a question that you would like us to dive into so that, you know, we can help you figure out what the <laughs> fuck is going on. I went like I was going to bleep myself and then I went ahead no, and said okay, fuck we'll anyway, so I don't really know. Bleeps on there. Totally fine. Totally Until fine. next totally time, chill. space nerds. Thank you so much, everybody. This has been the Misguided Astrology Podcast. We will be seeing you next time.